At the end of nearly every episode, I ask you to reach out to me on social media. Reach out, reach out on socials. And I actually do it and say it when I'm laughing. And I do laugh about it a lot, just this whole term, reach out, reach out. And it's because I find it quite funny because it's not very British, is it? It's like, it's not something that we would use, yet we've adopted it when it comes to social media and connection. I mean, previously we would probably say, let's connect. No, I don't think, I don't even think we'd say connect. I think, do you have a business card? <laughs> Let my secretary call you. Seriously, we, I don't, I think reach out is something that's very modern and is not necessarily used by British people, but we have adopted it and it's our way of connecting now. We're like, oh, just reach out to me on socials or I'll reach out to you soon. So I find myself laughing whenever I say it because uh, I find it quite cheesy and quite frankly, it makes me laugh. Um, however, I'm saying it genuinely. I genuinely do want you to reach out to me. I genuinely do want you to connect with me, whether it's by Instagram at Chuffed Podcast or Facebook, again, Chuffed Podcast, or you can drop me an email, which you can find if you go, uh, if you go through the show notes, there's an email address there as well. And I'm so grateful that today's guest speaker actually thought, you know what, I am going to reach out to her and I'm going to send Sally a message because, oh my goodness, today's guest speaker, Emma Shavkat, is an absolute minefield of knowledge. And it's so wonderful to have somebody who has said, you know what, I would love to be a guest speaker. I don't even know Emma. We've never met before at all. We have literally connected because Emma has reached out to me and said, I'd love to be a uh, a guest speaker on your podcast. Now, Emma Shafkat is a paediatric dietitian. Her business is called Dietitian with a Difference. And she is super passionate about helping parents conquer fussy eating and food allergies. Now, if you're a parent right now, you're probably thinking, yes, I can relate to this. If you yourself are a fussy eater and you have allergies, you will also benefit from this episode. She herself is basically uh, teaching and helping others from experience. She herself is a fellow allergy mum and she is a a fussy eating survivor, she calls herself. She has free guides as well to help parents. So don't go anywhere because it means that you can connect with Emma and you can also get access to her free. Uh, she does some free online Zooms as well, which will really help you. And for me, I have a four and a half year old who's on the spectrum. And I found talking to Emma so beneficial because as you will hear from this episode, getting your child to use cutlery can be a bit of a challenge. But I didn't realise that the whole hand in food thing is all part of the process. So I honestly can assure you that if you are listening right now and thinking, hang on a minute, I've got kids, you're either weaning or you're going through that fussy beige stage, you know, the one I'm on about, or the just shoving it in the mouth stage or food everywhere stage, you are honestly going to benefit so much from listening to this lady. She has got a heart of gold. She genuinely cares and she really wants to help you because let's be honest, we all feel at some point of being a parent that we're under the spotlight. Um, If your child might be a little, oh, dare we say different? Oh my goodness. No, we've all got to be the same. But that's another show. Today's guest speaker is Emma Shafkat. Her company is Dietitian with a Difference. You can find her on Instagram. I will leave all of the details for Emma in the show notes. So scroll down and then you can find her and contact her through there as well. Take some time out right now and have a good listen to this. Enjoy. Fabulous. Splendid. Thrilled. Oh, I'm chuffed a bit. Hi, I'm Sally Wallace and welcome to Chuffed. Chuffed is possibly one of the best British slang words and it feels so good to say. Chuffed is when you're winning, when things are going your way. You can be chuffed for yourself or chuffed for someone else. 
This podcast is about sharing and championing those little wins in life. You know the ones I mean. You don't share them on social media because you don't want to look like you're blowing your own trumpet. Not here. Blow away. It's relatable, motivational and inspirational. You simply cannot be chuffed and have a bad day. I like to describe this podcast as a voice note from your best friend. Follow me now on socials with at Chuff Podcasts. And thank you for stopping by. You'll be chuffed to bits you did. Hello and welcome to Chuffed Podcast. My name is Sally Wallace. I am your host. And today we have a guest speaker who is full of knowledge, food knowledge. Yeah, I know my favorite thing. But no, seriously, in a good, very positive way. But this is more about your children than about you. But actually, you'll probably get an awful lot of takeaways from yourself, to be honest with you. Because this is a lady who, and I always say this, and this is like one of my strap lines is reach out to me, reach out, reach out. Um, and this is a lady who actually did reach out to me, uh, which I love. I love that. I love the fact that she is so ballsy enough that she was like, Sally, I think we need to chat. This is the work that I do. I would love to share my work on your podcast episode. Uh, and I was like, I looked at her Instagram page and was like, oh my God, yes, please. Right. So I am so excited to introduce you today to Emma, who is a pediatric dietitian. Welcome, Emma. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And thank you for the lovely introduction as well. No, you're more than welcome. You're more, but that's exactly what happened, wasn't it? You were just like... Yeah, yeah, no, it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Trying to Which get is... out there, share share our stories and promote, you know, different things that women are doing and, um, yeah, and help children as well with their, their fussy eating and, yeah, no, and help other parents as well. Well, Emma, listen, so I, I honestly have started following you on Instagram and I was just like, yep, that's me. That's Roman. Yep, that's good. And you don't just what I find so wonderful about your page on your Instagram page is the fact that you're not shaming anybody and you can actually share your story from the heart. So listen, tell me how you actually got into this, because you, you've you not always been a pediatric dietitian. You've not always looked after kids with food, have you? No, no, I used to. So I did my first degree in geography, so nothing related to what I do now. And I worked in uh, marketing and events management for about eight years. And then I was great in your 20s, maybe not so great in your 30s. And I just decided it was just a bit thought destroying. I just felt like I wasn't helping anybody. I wasn't fulfilled. I just didn't feel fulfilled. So I got more and more into sort of health and I actually trained to be a reflexologist as well. Oh, and then wow. I got more and more interested in nutrition. And um, and then, yeah, so it kind of went from there. And then I just thought, well, at 30, I probably had a bit of a midlife crisis at 30. I've had one at 30 and I've had one at 40. So don't worry about that. <laughs> so basically, yeah, I decided that if I really wanted to do nutrition, then I didn't want to just do it as a sideline. I wanted to go all in. So I applied to do a four-year degree quit my job and did nutrition dietetics degree for four years and retrained to be a dietitian and I've never looked since absolutely love it so yeah no so it's a bit of a strange strange story <laughs> no not at all so this isn't just this isn't you just saying oh I can help your kids you've actually studied this as well haven't you like the I mean you've really gone into I mean four years is a long time yeah, we do a lot of placements as well. So we do uh, like a 12-week placement, 14-week placement, all in hospitals and community as well. So, yeah, it's quite quite intense and full-time full as well. So, yeah. No. So tell me what really sparked your interest then in the food, because I believe you've got a fussy to yourself, haven't you? Yes. 
So my little girl um, was born prematurely, uh, 36 weeks, really tiny little thing. <sighs> Had loads of complications in pregnancy. And um, yeah, basically really struggled with feeding, really wanted to breastfeed, but didn't work out. At the same time, my father-in-law was in hospital as well. He died six weeks later. So it was all very stressful. Oh my goodness. She didn't feed at all, screamed basically day and night. And I just thought, what have I done? Like, what? <laughs> this isn't what I envisaged motherhood would be like. And yeah, so um, after about three months of nonstop screaming, um, a friend was trying to feed her and everyone going, oh, you know, it's just normal. It's just colic and she's just little. Like, yeah, no, something's not right. And then, yeah, we went to the doctors and she got di- ended up in hospital and was diagnosed with a chiasmic allergy. Oh. So that was the start of my journey. Um, and then after that, she was like a different baby. So it, w- it was quite pleasant then for the first, next few. Well, months. she was eating, wasn't then, she? Yeah, she must have been feeding weaning. then. Yeah, weaning, I'll be honest, I absolutely hated weaning. Um, and I know you meant, like, as a dietitian, you get really excited and you're like, yeah, I'm going to give them all of this food and I'm going to make all this food. And then my child absolutely hated it. Like, I just found it like the most stressful thing ever. And I know you see the beautiful Instagram pictures where people have their children eating like, I'm glad actually at the time, because I wasn't actually on Instagram then. I think I might have had a breakdown if I'd seen some of the, the displays on Instagram of your child weaning. His mind just didn't eat anything. We got to a year. She basically still hadn't put anything in her mouth, really. Um, and um, on the plus side, I never had to worry about anything on the floor because she didn't put anything in her mouth. So it didn't matter if something was on the floor or not. So there were no safety concerns. I used to remember having friends over and they'd be like, oh, can you just pick up that stuff and like that stuff? And I'd be like, oh, yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah, no, my child doesn't put things in her mouth. So she's not bothered. So, yeah, it's fine. Um, so then, yeah, at 12 months, she... Um, Went to nursery and it was, yeah, she then started actually eating some food and like she'd let you spoon feed her. So she wasn't starved. I think people were worried that she didn't eat anything at all, but she wouldn't actually physically put, take her hand to her mouth and put things in her mouth. So, yeah, no, we had quite an eventful journey. And I think that's partly what stemmed the whole kind of like fussy eating sort of stage. So it was very much... She basically, I think what it stems from and what I find with a lot of parents that I see is a kind of trauma. So you see with a lot of children who've had allergies and really bad reflux, which she did have awful reflux. She just vomited pretty much nonstop. And um, you find that then they're quite traumatised by feeding as well. So that can be quite a big trigger. And I see that a lot in parents. And when I speak to parents, I'll often go tell me about right from the beginning when the baby was born and they'll be like oh but you know they're three I don't really need to tell you this and I'm like well, yeah because probably what's happened is some traumas happened when they were little and that's what's causing your issues now so it's unraveling all of that and finding out what the cause is so yeah I've worked really really hard with her she's quite she won't eat a lot of variety of food now and she eats quite a balanced diet there's still lots of food she won't eat but we've come a long long way but it's been a long long process so I try on Instagram to share kind of like an honest account of what it's like and you know there's no magic fix and I wish there was I wish I had a magic wand and I could say tomorrow your child will eat all of these different foods but it's a slow process there's lots of things that can help but it is a slow process of continually exposing your child to new food introducing them and I do a lot of things and you've probably seen on my account as well a lot of things called food chaining which gives examples of how to break down to get to food partly because that's worked really really well with my little girl so I try to share lots of 
practical examples that will help as a parent because no one wants a dietitian telling them your child must eat this your child must eat that when you've got a really restrictive eater you need encouragement and help on the way and to know that you're not the only ones going through it so you as a dietitian then you trained as a dietitian before you had your daughter is that right yeah before I had my daughter right wow so then this is do you know what I always think that and my husband always like you're a bit too spiritual Sally you're a bit too woo woo but if she has she's come into your world as somebody who won't eat and it's just like, yeah so and the, on the flip side I was a radio presenter for 14 years and my son's come into my life and he's non-verbal and it's like <laughs> it's just like wow and it's almost like and it sounds crazy and you might think I'm a bit like a bit too out there but it's almost like they're meant to come to you isn't it yeah no it exactly no I totally believe in all the way stuff as well I drive my husband mad with it yeah. I talk about the moon one more time <laughs> He rolls his eyes, and I'm like, "Because the full moon tonight." And he's like, "Yeah, yeah, whatever." Yeah, well, full moon. Oh my god, it's been a massive yeah. super moon. That was unreal, yeah. unreal. And I couldn't sleep, and I was wired. I felt like a banshee yes, that needed. I was to... the same. I couldn't sleep. My husband's like, "Oh my god, again." Oh no, I felt like I need to go run in the garden naked or something and go out howling. It was like, "Oh god, that's something." I just felt weird. Yeah, but at all, I was just so wide awake and yeah. wired. My husband's like, and then last night I slept really well, and I'm like, "See, it was full moon." He's like, "Yeah." Yeah. <laughs> so you obviously had your daughter and you don't you know what you touched on something then which is so uh, it's so interesting that we don't talk about this enough with breastfeeding is because um I think we're with so many people are judgmental we're all we're all we we can all judge we should all put our hands up and say yeah we do it because we do it because it's actually in our build-up because it's come from years and years and years of judgment yeah and it's like breastfeeding I was the same I desperately wanted to breastfeed and I pushed and pushed and pushed and if but what I ended up I was able to do and I'm so grateful I could do it I could do boo bottle boo bottle boo bottle because I literally couldn't feed Roman on my own supply yeah but I've got a friend who was desperate to breastfeed and she still beats herself up now. And her son's the same age as mine, but you just can't, can you, you just can't. And like no. you just said, then you were desperate to, but it's almost like you've just got to let it go. Haven't you? And that's, one yeah, thing you have don't to think. But I think it's hard because there's so much yeah. pressure. And I think also being a dietitian as well, like, you know, we spend, you know, I know all the research and all the evidence and, you know, everything else. And I think that almost puts more pressure on you. But I do remember, having uh, ringing up this lactation consultant and bearing in mind Olivia like would take an hour to feed like third. and she had to be put on formula from the day she was born because her blood sugar levels were too low and obviously she had no fat because she was only 36 weeks and only weighed four pounds um, and they were like you know you've, you've got to she's got to be fed every two hours because basically her blood sugar levels can drop and then obviously they can go into a coma so they're really like on it with feeding and then, then I remember this lactation consultant, she was like, well, what you need to do is you need to, so you're feeding for an hour and then you need to pump for an hour. And I was like, so, so sorry, how, when do I sleep? And I'm like, well, you just have to do it. And I was like, I'm sorry, but I'm not doing that. Like, I fundamentally cannot feed every two hours for an hour and then pump for another hour afterwards. And I was just I, like, I had the same. like, well, you just need to get on with that. And I was like, okay, right, well, that's not going to work for us. So I think we'll just ignore that. <laughs> you, you live- pumps. They would try and do that where I was like, that is not happening. I am not sacrificing no sleep at all. And I think like there's so much pressure put on you. I've heard stories from other mums where they're literally like, oh, yeah, and I pumped all night and I've sat up all night. And I've been, I'm like, I know. You know, like, what about your health? And you're like, you're sanity as well. Like, 
I just it's think so there's so much pressure on people. Your health massively depletes on your breastfeeding as well because you're giving so much nourishment and it's actually exhausting. You've got, I mean, I'm you can get so dehydrated and you lose loads of weight. You need to keep eating yourself, but you're right. You've got to find time. I mean, cluster feeding was brutal. And on reflection, I my mum, my sister is younger than me. She's had four children. Isn't it insane? My sister and I, exactly the wow. same, same parents. <laughs> my sister's conceived naturally four times, birthed naturally four times, and breastfed every one of them until they were toddler age, naturally. She's never done a bottle feed. And yet I had IVF twice, got Roman on the second round of IVF, had to have an emergency C-section, got an infection, and had to give him formula. So it just, everybody is different. And I couldn't compare myself to my sister. My sister is, I think like in the medieval period, she would have been like a wet nurse. Mm. <laughs> she would have just fed everyone. Yeah, kids. that sounds a bit like my dad. My dad said to me once, he was like, because my dad was from a farming background and he was like, he wouldn't have been a good breeder. He wouldn't <laughs> have been a good breeder. <laughs> That's so funny. Like, yeah, we'd have got rid of you on the farm. <laughs> oh, and, and it sounds awful, but you have to look, you have to use humour. And I, I totally believe that. So Emma, tell us then, right, because... Um, I think everybody can relate to this if they've got kids and if they haven't got kids, they can relate to this with, with regards to food and fussy eating, because the one thing that you have the most incredible um, approach to is how to help fussy eaters. Now we're going through in our house at the moment, the beige phase where yeah, Roman's really struggling with anything. And the more parents I speak to about it, that most of them, the majority of them, if they're honest, are having the same sort of thing where Roman, of course, he's on the spectrum as well. So that, that kind of gives you another little hurdle, but it's just trying to get good food into him. It is. And so any tips that you have that you can share, um, I think any, everybody, anybody would be welcome for, the, for that. Yeah, I mean, the beige food is, the beige food diet does give you, I just want to reassure parents as well that the beige food diet with the carbohydrates does contain a lot of B vitamins and a lot of nutrients as well. So don't worry overly because most children go through what we call the neophobic stage, which is the fear of new foods. And it's very common around the toddler kind of age group as well. And most children will come out the other side. Some children don't. And the times you want to be worried is when they start like, if you're tracking their growth and you're keeping an eye on their growth that they're tracking along the same centiles if they start to drop then definitely start to be concerned and I think the biggest thing for me that I see with that age is that they have low iron and that can then make things a lot worse so when your child doesn't get enough iron in their diet it can make them even more restrictive and they can cut out even more food which I know doesn't sound like that would happen but that's kind of what happens so iron rich foods are really really important at that like that well, all age groups from six months onwards but are really really important and they tend to be when I do like a nutritional analysis it tends to be what I find is that iron is low in a lot of a lot of those children so in terms of ways to help your child especially if they're young I would say lots of messy play and it doesn't need to be really really messy because I know that freaks a lot of people out as well it freaks me out as well I don't but care I've like got dogs being... I know it sounds awful but my dogs lick up everything which sounds disgusting yeah. it makes me sound like I live in the Waltons I think Mrs Walton was probably a bit cleaner than that but if something gets dropped on the floor it's a three second rule rounder if you don't get it the dogs get it that's how it rolls yeah so again just interacting with food so like you know playing with food because children learn through playing and I think the thing is as well is like we don't expect a child to go to school and be able to write and read straight away but we expect a child to be able to eat and eating is actually one of the hardest things that we have to learn how to do so if a child can learn about food through play 
then it can really, really help them because they're relaxed, they're not anxious. And I think sometimes when we expect children, we expect them to go to the table, we have all these really old-fashioned rules about, you know, finishing everything on the plate, all the food must be eaten, they must sit at the table nicely, they must have manners, they must use their knives and forks. Actually, when you've got a child who's struggling and who's anxious about food, none of those things are helping. All you're doing is applying pressure to your child, which is making them more anxious. And if I was to say to you now, right, I want you to sit an exam in the next half an hour, but I want you to eat a three-course meal, you're probably going to not feel like eating that meal because you're going to feel anxious and you're going to feel worried. And if your child is anxious and worried, the body's priority is not to eat. Digestion is not top priority. Running away from the danger is your body's top priority. So the more relaxed your child can be coming to the table or even just having a fun picnic on the floor and you can get them interacting with food, the better. So my first thing is if you're going for a really, really stressful time and meal feel, meals feel anxious and you feel worried and everyone's stressed, then just take a step back and like just serve the safe food. So every time when your child comes to table, make sure there's always something on that plate, you know that they are going to be able to eat. Never serve them something completely new that you know is one too difficult for them. So maybe the textures are too hard, especially if you have sensory issues, or it's completely new food or a new source. They're not, that's too stressful for them. They're just going to get anxious. You're going to get stressed. They're going to get stressed and no one's going to eat anything. So always make sure that you always serve something you know that they're definitely going to eat and make sure you rotate that food. So make a list of all the food that they will eat, so all those safe food options and try and rotate around those foods. Because what you want to do as well is, prevent something called food jagging so what a lot of children do is they'll eat the same food over and over and over again and then they cut it out completely and you lose that food so it's really important to try and make that list and rotate around those foods and then you can also add exposure to other foods as well so having a new food even if it's a tiny 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 amount to start with that's absolutely fine but if we don't expose them ever to a new food and again, I give this analogy to parents. If I was to say to you now, I want you to eat a spider, how would you go about eating that spider? You wouldn't probably just chuck it in your mouth. You'd probably like look at it, smell it, touch it. So just because you know that a cucumber or a carrot is fine to eat doesn't mean your child knows that it's okay to eat. So always have the spider analogy in the back of your brain and be like, right, if this was a spider how would I go about eating it? And your child needs to go through those steps of touching, playing, feeling, you know, interact with food potentially before they're going to first put it in their mouth. So always think of that as a really good way for me as well when I introduce new foods to Olivia. That's such a good tip. It's such, because I mean, I mean, Roman's very much like that. He's very sensory anyway. So he doesn't eat with cutlery. I'm not fussed. I'm just like, just enjoy your food, mate. As long as it's going down, I'm quite happy. And I think a lot yeah. of parents feel like that. But you really touched on something then, Emma, which is so true. And that is these old fashioned values that we still have. And that they don't even make sense. I mean, when I was a child, if you sat with your elbows on the table, it's like, I mean, I think that my God, blimey, never did that in my grandmother's house. My dad's side of the family, that was just, it was, you know, awful. It was, it was insulting. Where does it come from? I feel like I need to research it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because I don't, I, I don't some of, some of it goes back to the war. So some of it, like with grandparents and stuff, is that food, remember, was really scarce. Yes. They didn't have a lot of food. So that whole cleaning your plate 
is going back to then when there wasn't food and there wasn't options. Whereas now we're in a totally different time where there's a mass abundance of, you know, food and options and stuff. And children don't need to completely clear their plate. They need to learn about when they feel full because you've got a lot of adults now that you see that have got issues with emotional eating, you know, binge eating, other things, because they've had this thing of you must put everything on your plate. You have to eat everything. And they've never really learned what it feels to be full or that's, am I a bit hungry or what that's does, my mum. You know. Yeah. That's my mum. My mum's a second world war baby. So my 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 mother was conceived as the world as the war ended. So still rationing for a number of years until they, everything got up and running again. And it was, it was anything that's left on your plate, you've got to clear your plate. And my mum, bless her, is 76 and she still has that mindset of, I've got to clear my plate. I think she's 77 actually, but it's, it's actually followed her through a whole lifetime. And it came from my grandmother. Of course it came from my grandmother. My grandmother survived the blitz in Birmingham for God's yeah. sake. So she, my grandmother knew what it was like to be, do you know, it's so interesting, Emma, because my cousin and I were chatting about this the other day um, and we said that grandma, when you used to go around there, I mean, if you had if you had a piece of toast with them, we, you know, you'd always go around and eat with my grandma. She only died a couple of years ago. She was 96 when she passed away, but she was ace. Wow. Um, she'd go, well, do you want a bit of toast, Sal? And you go, go on, I'll have some toast then, grandma. And she'd give you the biggest like you used to it was almost like you needed to say grandma have you, have you actually got any toast with this butter because to her she was being generous do you know what I mean yeah. look at this butter put that butter on there and I mean the butter that she used to have on everything I mean, don't get me wrong the woman was like a whippet she was slim as anything until the day she passed because her lifestyle was old school but it was also mm-hmm. this treat of having butter and cream oh my god she loved a trifle yeah. Yeah, my the same. I remember we'd have like tea and we'd have, I mean, they were from Cornwall. So again, you know, the scones and the cream teas and the cakes, every tea was that they had, that's what they had. Yeah. And yeah. But you're totally right though, with regards to in many ways, because of generational trauma, we are reliving certain sort of values that just don't serve us anymore. And it's, and it's not yeah. helpful. It's not helpful. Elbows on the table, asking to leave. Do you know what I mean? Um, that sort of mindset of you've got to lick that plate clean because you don't know where your next meal is coming from. Yeah. It's yeah. And it, and it can, you t- I totally get that, Emma. That's one thing. And do you know what? There's so many people that can relate to that as well. So how can people contact you then? So do you work with clients on, say for example, right now, there's a parent who's got a child that they're like, I need, I need, I need to speak to this lady. How can people contact you? So yeah, I'm, I'm on Instagram at dietitian with a difference, or my website is dietitian with a difference, and I do virtual one to one consultations, so you can be anywhere in the country. Um, yeah, so um, yeah, just reach out to me. Um, um, I can send you details on my services. I have a special master fussy eating package as well, which is like three appointments, and I do full dietary analysis as well. So anybody wants any help just reach out to me or if you've got any questions just dm me on instagram as well Perfect. So I'll put all of your I'll, all of your contact details for Emma. I will actually put in the show notes. So it's dietitian dot with the difference on Instagram. And Emma puts on really helpful tips as well with kids, because water is one thing that children are not drinking enough of nowadays. And it's and it's difficult. It's difficult because you just I mean, you know, you go into the supermarket, you go anywhere and you've just got juice or cordial all over the place, isn't it? And it's the one thing that I have different water bottles everywhere in this house that are just full of water in fact there's about two in this room where I am at the moment (laughs) I've got them everywhere so you just give lovely tips that are just simple and they're just and that's yeah try and keep it as simple as possible 
because I know like parents are busy as well and like it's stressful enough and hard enough being a parent and having had a child that's also quite a restrictive eater I try and provide practical tips that aren't going to involve you spending four hours in the kitchen you know making something creative you know there's, there's limits to what we've got time to do as well and there are small things that can help and I think small things over time build up as well yeah and I think it's great when you said messy play because do you know what that's probably last night um we my sister's amazing she's bought Roman these amazing little bits of cutlery where he can chop things up with my husband has a panic attack because he's got a knife in his hand but he's <laughs> not doing anything wrong but actually he likes to chop his food by himself yeah. and who doesn't and so I'm thinking yeah why am I chopping his food up for him he's he's four he's four and a half just because he you know he can't tell me doesn't mean that he doesn't he, he no, doesn't yeah. touch his food I wouldn't want somebody touching my food do you know what I mean so when you say and you can get play, him in the kitchen cutting up like other bits of food and that can still be kind of messy play it's like even if you've got him to cut up you know bits of vegetables or stir food with you you know that's still interacting with food so it's still creating a positive relationship and on the steps to eating there's 32 steps so the first bit is just literally being around the food and it's not until right near the top that we actually put it in our mouth so there's all these steps you need to go through to get your child and even you know not using the knives and forks can actually be really good because that's touching food so that's using you know your things to try and get towards it eating it in your mouth so without touching it you're kind of missing out of stage as well so I'm very pro I'm, I'm gonna make my husband listen to this episode once. Emma I'm actually gonna make my husband listen to this episode I really am because I think that he's got an awful lot of old school values like oh he needs to start to use his fork and I'm like nah it just let him just shovel it in he's he's enjoying it and he's he's, he's going down the hatch and I'm a big believer of and don't get me wrong, this is, this is, I can't even believe I'm saying this out loud. Our old house before, this is pre-baby, pre-IVF, was like a show home. It is literally, we didn't even have any pictures on the walls or we didn't have any photos of ourselves anywhere. It was like my husband's masterpiece that he'd created and it was incredible because he's a builder. But there was so much high gloss, glass, sharp edges. It would have been like, it would have been like, <laughs> like a torture chamber for having kids in. Do you know what I mean? It'd been like the chokey. <laughs> I remember that when I was pregnant and we were looking at carpets and this guy was just like, don't get a nice carpet. Look, just get like cheap polypethanol stuff that you can clear up because she, she's just going to be sick everywhere. So <laughs> she was sick everywhere. So he was right. But it's so interesting. We've moved to this house and uh, do you know what my, my whole mindset about, I mean, uh, about cleaning is just, if it goes in the dishwasher and it goes in the washing machine it's a bonus that's how I and to be fair sometimes I get yeah. those modeled up and put them in the wrong one anyway so it's fine if it's dirty guess what we can clean it it's not a problem because yeah. life's just too short life's too short definitely and, and I think I, when you're a parent you really realize that don't you yeah. I always look back from my husband like what did we do with our time when we weren't <laughs> parents like what did we do <laughs> it's so true and thank goodness for wonderful people like yourself who are helping with just these little things that people probably think oh it's not such a big deal but until you're living it you don't realize how much of a big deal it really is to get your little yeah. one to have food and how old is your daughter now how old is she now she's seven now yeah wow. just seven yeah. and that must be Very i mean, think that she was born at 36 weeks as well and such a little tiddler as well you know so well done she's you, still a little tiddler <laughs> <laughs> So listen, if you want to reach out and find Emma, then please do. So it's um it's dietitian dot with a difference, which is on Instagram. And you you're happy to work with clients one to one. And do you do any group yeah. sessions at all, Emma? And have you got any events I, coming up? I've got I'm gonna be doing a free masterclass, um, a fussy eating masterclass. I run them. I'm gonna do it in September. 
So, um, yeah, no, I can give you details on that as well. Perfect. So I do it in the evening because I found the parents find it better if it's an evening time when their child might be in bed. <laughs> and is that online as well? Are you going to do that on Zoom as well? Yeah, yeah, I'll do that on, I do those on Zoom as well. So yeah, people can just sign up for free and come along and share lots of advice and tips on those. Brilliant. Thank you so much. I'm so glad that you reached out to me and said, Sally, Sally, I need to speak to you. We've really got loads so much to share because you genuinely are a fountain of knowledge. And it's absolutely wonderful to hear you talk, Emma. It really is. Thank you so much for your time this morning. Thank you for having me as well. It's been lovely to meet you. No, no, I honestly really appreciate it. Really, really appreciate it. Right. If you want to reach out to Emma, please make sure that you find her. It's dietitian dot without a difference. I will leave all of her details in the show notes. So just make sure that you scroll down, but go and have a look at her Instagram page, especially if you are battling with your kitchen and yeah, you can relate to some of those things that we just talked about just then. Okay. If you also haven't started following me now, it's chuffed podcast make sure that you find me on Instagram. I'm also on Facebook as well. And seriously if you are working in an area that's totally different you've completely changed your life and you're helping others change theirs you've got an inspirational story that will help others then reach out to me just like Emma did honestly I do I truly do reply to all the messages that I get I absolutely love meeting new people I love sharing inspiring stories that can either flip switches or motivate others I just think it's really powerful that sounds a bit woo and I'll probably get told off for saying that by my husband and be like oh it's too cheesy Thank you so much for stopping by and taking a listen. Follow me on socials with at Chuffed Podcast. And one more thing. Do you feel warm and tingly with a big smile on your face? (gasps) Ah, my friend, you are chuffed.